Hello and welcome to yet again another episode of A VO's Journey. My name is Anthony Pika and this show is all about helping the new and upcoming voiceover artists grow their business and sidestep all of the crazy things that I seem to step on. Well, after yesterday's emotional podcast, thank you all so much for the wonderful feedback and everything uh, that I've been getting. I really do appreciate it. And moving forward with all of the things I talked about yesterday in mind, I wanted to share with you a project that I'm working on right now. And, you know, just some things that I'm going through thinking about my performance and that I thought I could share with you to maybe help you out with uh, your future performances. All right. Let's do it. This is VO's Journey. With your host, the incomparable Anthony Pika. All right, so... I have been hired to do the Great Gatsby uh, from a company that, you know, takes books that are in the public domain and they republish them and and then, you know, hire narrators to, to narrate them. And I've actually done a decent amount of public domain books for this company in the past. And uh, they came back and hired me to do the Great Gatsby. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, I'm sure you've probably read it or you've heard of it. It's about a four, it's about four and a half to five hours long finished. And it's um, just a a wonderful book. There was a movie that came out in the last, oh, I don't know, what is it, 10 to 20 years that had uh, Leonardo DiCaprio as Gatsby. And I think... um, Oh, uh, there was, there was, I mean, definitely a huge famous cast, uh, that did that, that movie. And it's just a wonderful book. I absolutely love it. So with that being said, uh, I want to kind of go into talking to you about what I'm doing, uh, while I'm, uh, performing this book, some things that I'm thinking about and just some things overall. So I want to start off first with the transaction that happened. I went ahead and got notification from, the company that I've worked with in the past that they wanted to 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 hire me and usually when I do audiobooks uh by the way this is not on Fiverr or any other platform this is a company that we've worked together on so many books and they've spent a large amount of money i mean i think they've uh I don't know. It's at least been between ten to twenty thousand dollars they've uh, spent with me um, on doing books in the past. You know, we we work. Um, you know, we work off of any platforms. So, anyways, uh, the first thing though is I usually charge half up front and half on the backside. But at some times, because especially what's happening right now. I'm very aware of the situation and, you know, I'm trying to help out as many businesses as well with pricing. So with this particular job, I went ahead and took the job at a little bit less of a price than what I normally do. So instead of $250 to $300 per finished hour, I think I, I don't know, I think this is around maybe... 
200 uh, it's about $200. Yeah, it's about $200 uh, per finished hour. But here's the thing. I went ahead and accepted a lower price. However, I asked kindly that they, you know, pay me up front the whole thing so that, you know, I could cover that cost, uh, gave them a deadline, and they agreed at the lower price but paying up front. And see, I like that. And, and that, you know, use that tip for you in negotiating. You know, because the reality is, is that when you get paid up front and that money actually goes into your account, and remember, this is not on Fiverr, so that money was directly deposited into my account, and because it wasn't on Fiverr or something like that, you know, there was no 20% taken out. So that was a big uh, that was a big deal for me because even if that was on you know another platform, you know, a nine hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, twelve hundred dollars would have turned into 20% less, right? So a thousand would have only been 800. So anyways, so I accepted that and I was paid all up front, which was very nice. And as I go into this book, you know, I want to go over a couple key things that I do when I'm looking at a book where, you know, first off, that's such an epic book. I mean, meaning that, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, legendary, you know what I mean? It's definitely a book that is well known all around the world. You know, how do how do you approach a character and multiple characters? I mean, there's all sorts of characters in this book. There's there's men, women, uh, multiple, multiple characters. But more importantly, these are characters, too, that are really, um, you know, they really are, have lived, live, live, lived a life, living lives that I am completely unfamiliar with. Right. So the first thing and I know this might come out of left field, but the first thing is I really try to give myself room to make mistakes. And and this is something that I it's taken me a long time to get to a place where I feel comfortable with this, because I think most of us step up to a microphone. We try to perform. We try to act. And we're so concerned about do we sound OK and, and do we have pitch variation and are we going too fast? Are we going too slow? You know, we're so concerned with all of these things that we forget to let ourselves simply play and make mistakes, meaning like giving ourselves permission to just go for it and, and do things that are not necessarily what we would normally do, you know, experiment. So that's something that I've really forced myself to try to do with, you know, my speech patterns and things like that, because the reality is, is that, no, you know, whether I, you know, whether you're playing Gatsby or, you know, wh- whoever, these characters are completely unique and really special and, and out there. So, you know, you're going to need to 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 have some sort of, I don't know, extra extra sauce, if you will. Okay. so anyways, that's really the first thing that I do is I I, I give myself permission to try things, make mistakes, uh, go crazy. Um, Here's another cool little tips and stuff I have. Uh, Another thing is, is when you're dealing with books like this or books that have already been done and you're redoing them or something, a great tip is to actually go and 
get an audiobook recording of it. Listen to what other people have done. You know what I mean? Listen to multiple ones. You know, listen to the different pacing and how it sounds and what you like and what you don't like. Use the resources that are available to you to listen to what people are doing or what people have done and, and how you like it and what you, you know, what you like and what you don't like. I mean, listen, the reality is, is great theater, great actors, great playwrights, right? We take what people have done before us, and then we take that and we turn it into our own, meaning that we we add our own spice to what's already been done. And I love that about acting. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's one of my favorite things. So in this particular case, you know, I've also gone out and I've I've bought some different audio books. I've been listening to different to different ways people have been saying them and, you know, how how to speak and and how to uh, approach that that certain type of way. And you have to think too. You know, I am uh, you know, I've lived in Virginia most of my life, so I do have and it comes out uh, and especially in specific words, I have some some southern twang. I try to uh, I've done a, the, my best to continuously uh, work well on a neutral American accent, but it, it definitely has some Southern twang to it uh, occasionally, and I can definitely go there if I need to. But you know, this book is definitely uh, very uh, not Southern twang, and more so, you know, definitely Northern, you know, Northeast highfalutin society. Also, if you think about it, very transatlantic uh, style, which was, you know, an upper class, not British, but uh, British sounding in a way, right? So um, it's it's definitely a an adventure. So anyways, I, I use I use that that tip, right, is to go through and also do that. But also because of the book itself, there's also tons of notes. There's also tons of writing. Also, another thing I do is, uh, you know, with the manuscript, I actually like to listen to the audiobook being done as well as reading through the words while it's be while you you hear it being done. I love that because and by the way, this is now clearly this is because there is a book that I'm doing that has been done over and over again. It's easily accessible to find all these things. When you're doing a book that's brand new or there's never been audio or anything done, you're not going to be able to do this. Okay. But you can use, you know, I use this, but since we're talking about this, I use this particular tip or, or tactic to actually learn how to say some of the words because the reality is I don't, you know, when you, when you, are doing a book that was written, you know, 50, uh, 60, 70, 80, 100 years ago, et cetera, et cetera. There's going to be a lot of vocabulary that we're just not familiar with. So this is another great way to figure out how words are spoken, what, you know, in the context, what they mean, gives you an idea of how to do it up front. Now, here's another thing. And, uh, you know, this is something that I've been a big a proponent of, and that is either do you read the text first and then narrate, or do you narrate without reading the whole text? And the reality is, is that a lot of times, most of us right now, we're not paid a lot, a lot of money to where we can, it makes financial sense, you know, for 
from cost to time analysis, if you want to look at it that way, to read an entire book and then go back and narrate it and then go back and listen to it again. I mean, that just adds such a, a, larger, uh, a larger amount of time. So what I do, though, is when I do have a book, and especially a fiction book, and this is what I would recommend to you, when you are doing a fiction book, you really got to, you, you've got to read ahead. You really do. You've got to know what's coming or you got to at least understand the characters. You know, I always tell that story and I know probably many of you uh, would recognize the story. I tell it about, you know, I was narrating a book and I got about towards the end and I found out that this guy was a sci-fi thriller that I was, I had been playing as this tough New York, uh, like sergeant, uh, from New York was actually from Minnesota. And, uh, you know, the accent was such, I did this, you know, heavy thick New York accent. Right. And it was, and then all of a sudden it's the guys from uh, Minnesota and it's like, Oh no. And, and I, <laughs> I messaged the playwright and I was like, or the playwright, I messaged the author and I was like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I bit now mind you, I had been submitting this to him, so he was fine with it, but I was like, oh my gosh, it's from Minnesota, man. How how this doesn't sound right. And he's like, no, he's like, the guy actually said, no, listen, in Minnesota, the this is what the guy said. In Minnesota, we don't know how we we speak a, a bunch of different ways. I really like the New York style better. So he let me keep it that way. And but between me and you, though, I think the context of the book, it's a little weird because he's from Minnesota, but he has this thick New York accent. I mean, he could have lived in New York, but you, you get what I mean. So the point is, though, is that you got to read ahead to know these things because heaven forbid he was British. Right. And then, you know, I mean, that's you can't cover that up. I mean, I would have had to go back and narrate the entire thing over because it was in first person. So. Uh, you know, those things are important. Also, it's important to know, for example, maybe you're narrating someone, maybe you are, are, are doing something in the first person and your character has a secret and, you know, you, you have to, you have to know these things. So with a fiction book, I really do think it's really important for you to move forward in reading. Now, the cool thing about a book like this is that there are many different tools out there like Cliff Notes, Spark Notes, uh, just summaries and things that you can get an idea, character backgrounds, understanding that's been done for you. Again, this is something because I'm doing an older book, which I really enjoy because there's so much material to dive into, right? When you're doing your own or when you're doing a new one, you you have to create all of these things on your own. You've got to create a background. You've got to give yourself permission. Remember I said you got to give your permission to, uh, self permission to make mistakes. Well, you got to give yourself permission also to, to imagine this person is and their background. Imagine the secrets they have. Imagine what's happening. Now, if you are narrating in the first person, right, imagine how they are feeling. Imagine what they've been through. Imagine what what part, uh, like where are they in the storytelling process, right? Like if they start at the beginning, have are they telling the story from the knowledge of they've already come, like they've already been through all this and they're telling you the story from the beginning or are they like halfway through? You know, authors use a lot of different tools, right? Especially in fiction. Nonfiction is a different story. And, you know, I'm a big, again, I'm a big supporter of nonfiction of, Unless, you know, unless it is a nonfiction written in a very fictional style, I mean, written in like a very uh, storytelling style that I don't spend extra time reading the book. 
right? Because I don't have time to do that. And quite honestly, I don't need to because they, you know, in nonfiction, nine times out of 10, there isn't some surprise ending. It's not meant to be that way, right? Um, you know, it's more expository. So you, know, you have to... Um, you have to take that in consideration. So anyways, that's that's a something that I do, especially with a newer book, is I really focus in on how to, uh, like how my character uh, would be, you know, how, how they would talk, how, 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 what is all of this stuff done to them? What is this journey? You know, what has this journey created to them? And by the way, again, you don't know what the journey's done to them unless you've actually read the journey. So that's, again, that's a tip. And by the way, when you go to price, that is another thing to consider. If you are pricing at a certain rate, you have to understand too that if you price at a certain rate or you're working, you know, let's say you're working with someone who just, they're not going to pay you, (laughs) they're going to pay you pennies and you are taking my advice by making sure the cash flow is still rolling in. So you decide to do something and you're like, well, I'm going to do this book. It's, you know, it's, it's not paying great, but you know, I plan on using a pseudonym, you know, you're always, always, no matter what you do, put your best performance forward. But at the same time, Consider too that you might not have the ability to do everything you can, like with another book where you're paid double or triple or something. So you have the time to add to invest extra in it. So what I suggest in those cases is is skim. Here's a little tip I do also is I at least read the chapter I'm going to narrate first. Instead of reading the whole book at once, at least read the chapter you're going to to narrate. Also, go to where the book is published because once we uh, narrate a book, it has to be published. Read the synopsis. You know, read what's out there about it. Read what the author says about it. Do a little bit of research so you can at least feel like you have some knowledge about it. The more information you have about the book, it puts you in the position where you are at least one step ahead of the listener. Okay, so that way it puts you into a position where you are uh, the right person to tell the story, as opposed to you finding out about the story just like the the listener is. Okay, all right. So those are just some tips and some things about you know when I'm narrating what I'm doing right now for this book, and I have to tell you, I've realized that. I think that, you know, I am, it is what it is, but the older I get, my voice does change. The more I, um, you know, the more coaching I do, the more teaching I do, the more challenging it actually becomes for me. And this is being a straight up honest with you. The more challenging it is for me to sound less authoritative and um, more, you know, in this idea of discovery. I mean, you know, the, the idea right in the great Gatsby is that there's this, um, uh, you know, journey of, you know, a young man who can't really stand anymore what, you know, where he necessarily came from and what's happening, uh, with high society. He, he loathes the, the, the personalities and he can't stand it. And he, you know, he's trying his best to stay away from it while still make a living. But then he meets Gatsby, right? And and Gatsby is the exception to this rule because Gatsby's personality bridges all of that for him. It's it's extremely unique, and he is 
awestruck by it. So the, 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 so for me, that's not really something that I really relate to. So it's definitely a challenge to me. And I'm trying to channel back to times when I felt like that and I was awestruck by someone. And there has been a few people in my life that I, I definitely been awestruck by. And it's definitely something that is is a challenge for me. And, and I really like that challenge. But it's identifying that that also helps me when I narrate so that, again, I'm not narrating from a place where Anthony is narrating as a, an authority, but more so I'm narrating, you know, as a person discovering uh, or a person interested in telling the story of my own discovery as a young man in a time where, you know, I I disliked a way of life, but I fell in love with the same thing I disliked. I mean, it's really, it's really a great story. So anyways, I hope this has helped at least give you some ideas. I, I didn't go into like nuts and bolts about tempo and, and pitch and, you know, you, you've got volume and energy and diction and your separation and expressiveness. I didn't go into all those things, but I wanted to go into at least today for you about the thoughts that are going through my mind as I narrate a book like The Great Gatsby that, you know, is just an uh, amazing book. And um, I think for all of us, as audiobook narrators, these are the type of books that we really love to narrate, right? Because they're so well written. They're not, I mean, you know what I mean. They're not those, you know, they're not those put together by an AI books. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, these are really well written books and it's so much fun to read and to narrate fiction that is well written. It's just, I had to tell you, by the way, if you're on a side note, if you're in limbo and you're questioning whether or not you should be narrating audiobooks because uh, you continuously get these books that make you cringe, trust me, there are amazing books out there that will actually make you want to be an audiobook narrator. I think when you're starting out, though, it's challenging to get to those books at first. So don't fear you will get there. Uh, and you got to kind of climb up through the muck, if you will, uh, to get to the uh, to the top. So all right, you guys, thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. Stay safe. And always, if you get an opportunity, go ahead and leave a review over on iTunes. Um, uh, Spotify, uh, Spotify, wherever you might be listening. And um, thank you. Have a wonderful, wonderful Thursday. And I will talk to you soon. All right, you guys. Peace. Peace.